Welcome back to the Big Balance Podcast with your hosts, Brian. And John. Andy, this is where you speak. And guest host, Andy Jones. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week, and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. You heard right. The show has its first ever guest host today, and for a pretty good reason. Throughout this show, John and I have been very clear on how we feel about this whole work-from-home thing, which is to say we like it. But two millennials who agree on a topic is a bit of a one-sided conversation. So we thought, hey, let's bring on a surly Gen Xer and get uh, his take on this as well. Andy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am less good, and I, I mentioned this to John, and I'm mentioning it here just because... I'm I'm sure it's very audible. I went to the dentist at about four thirty. It's eight o'clock at night, by the way, when we're recording. But I eight thirty eight thirty. I do not metabolize things very quickly, and I still I can't feel my mouth right now. I'm just shot full of novocaine. So if I sound ridiculously stupid, that's why I'm I'm not drunk. I am just novocained up. So it's actually good that this is an episode with uh, another speaker, so I don't have to do as much. I wouldn't even been able to tell until you said something, but you had a problem giving blood. I remember one time, right? Like we were doing that blood test. I pass out. Yeah. You passed out. I think you, what was the story? You you gave the blood, you went to a McDonald's and passed out in your car. Isn't that how it went? That's, that's not how it went. That's how it continues to go. No. So if you get your blood taken, (laughs) they actually have what they call fainting chairs where you're basically laying down. Mm And I have to get those because I'll pass out for about 15 minutes, wake up, get in my car, drive to a local Walmart or McDonald's, pass out again for about 15 minutes, wake up, go back to work. And that's how I give blood. That is an ordeal. That <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Why do they let you keep doing uh, it? It's health insurance, man. You got to give, uh, give blood to get the better insurance rate, right? <laughs> you got to give some to get some. I will say this. This is the first time I have spoken to Dear John since he wrote us his Dear John. Uh, <laughs> gosh, it was what, a couple months ago? It's been about almost two months, yes. Almost two months. And for those reading between the lines, Andy worked with John and works with me currently. Right. Because I'm incapable of making friends outside of an office environment. <laughs> We're pulling the curtain back a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I, I guess, I mean, I found out you were leaving. Are you doing the same type of role? It's a little different. It's tangentially, I guess, what our company's legacy practice was. Oh, fantastic. You happy? You like it? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I was joking with Rachel about this today. At the risk of sounding cheesy and like I'm drinking too much of the own Kool-Aid here, the work-life balance has been incredible. It's it, <laughs> as if I'm plugging my own show here. It's been really nice. So mm-hmm. I, I can't complain too much. Uh, actually, I can't complain at all. I'm really enjoying it. No, and, and I know you had mentioned on uh, one of the previous episodes, you were, you were talking about how important work-life balance is. So look at how, this guy listening to previous episodes before he joins he in. He did his homework. I love it. And listen, if you, what is that? If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. So I, that's exactly it, yeah. So what is it about the work-life balance that you enjoy? And what additional, I guess, balance have you been able to pick up since you left? I definitely feel more freedom because there isn't that need to be constantly tracking and measuring against my time, something that's pretty common in other consulting organizations. 
And as whereas in the past, some of my previous employers may have viewed work from home as a stopgap or an added amenity even as a perk or bonus, this organization has embraced work from home prior to the pandemic, and it's something that's a big part of their culture, so work from home and remote work. So I feel confident that this is an organization that really is going to embrace this new way of working as it's going to be maybe leading the charge and spearheading some efforts to make it the norm. Right. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but my sense is that we're not going back to the old world. We definitely have in the intervening months permanently closed a yeah. few offices. So our Chicago people are, for better or worse, work from home people. Yes. Even if they want to go back to an office, they don't really have an option of anywhere to go right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable or maybe just be comfortable with not knowing and uncertainty. Well, that's really getting at the heart of why we're here today, right? When you say be comfortable with being uncomfortable, well, some of us are quite comfortable with the way things are. And if any of our listeners don't feel that way, if they feel more like you, well, we've kind of left them out to dry so far. So with that, let's delve right into today's topic. Simply put, what if you do feel uncomfortable with this work from home arrangement? How do you handle it? And what are some best practices we can try out to feel a bit more comfortable naturally? So, Andy, what's your perspective on all this? When you hear work from home, what are you thinking? What are your concerns? And what do you really point blank hate about working from home? Well, I miss the socialization aspect, the lunch break conversations that we had or somebody inevitably walking by your cube and starting up a conversation, just seeing people. I miss that. And let's face it, for an office building like us, I mean, If I'm going to guesstimate, I'm sure our company's saving anywhere from $4,500 to $7,000 a month in utilities. I think long term, it's not the best thing moving forward. I don't think it's, if you want to look at bottom line dollars and cents right now, it is, but I think long term, it's not. Does any of that make sense? So essentially, employers are saving a buck today. Employees don't have to worry about a commute and get some time back today. But you're saying it's kind of penny-wise, pound-foolish in the long term. You know, both sides are going to start feeling the drawbacks of less socialization going forward. Right. And you know what else is funny, too? There was an article that I had read in Fortune, I, be- I believe it was. It was titled – it was Fast Company, excuse me. It's titled, Going Back to the Office Means Giving Up Lucrative Work-From-Home Side Hustles for Many Employees. So – Now that offices and businesses are reopening again, millions of commuting Americans stand to lose more than $10,000 a year. And that's according to a study by LendingTree. They had spoken about this woman who was a civil servant, and she had said that her uh, work week driving to and from the office was 10 hours of commuting time. And she used that 10 hours of commuting time to bake and sell cookies to a local caterer. So going back to the office, she would lose that extra money and it came out to her to be $500 a month. So there's other motivating factors as to why people want to continue to work from home as well. We're kind of going far and wide here, but I do want to go back to specifically what's bugging Andy. And this is something I think a lot about. You mentioned communication. You feel there's a lack of communication. You don't have that socialization. I personally don't feel as disconnected from my coworkers now as opposed to when we were in the office. Yeah, I know that I don't see you face to face, but I don't know. Maybe it's an element of 
how I've communicated even outside the pandemic. How many podcasts did you start, Brian, with uh, with coworkers? Because that, that <laughs> might play into it. You you, you have what six, yeah. seven? Well, no, no, let's kidding. talk about that as an example, John. You and me have recorded this is uh, what fifteen episodes now. They're about right. How many times? It's up there. Yeah. How many times have you and I met in person to even talk about the podcast? To talk about the podcast, never. Uh, we've met up once in person <laughs> over the course of these several months, which. I think we're going to change soon. We're definitely going to, and I look forward to that. But at the same time, we started recording this podcast at the beginning of the summer, and I feel like your and my relationship, friendship, is is going strong, despite the fact that I haven't seen you more than one time, literally, in the span of a a year and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I chat people at work over Teams, the same as, I mean, honestly, I would chat people at work in the office. You know, and I, I think we have at least one coworker who hated it. She would insist that she come up and visit me when we had a conversation instead. But I don't know. I it's 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 not a communication form that uh, I feel alienated from. About being comfortable with being uncomfortable. While I was on vacation a few weeks ago, I had brought myself to the realization that we're not going to go back. And I was constantly anticipating going back, and it didn't happen. So I'm kind of really, in a sense, setting, I was setting myself up for failure, waiting for something that was going to happen that keeps getting pulled away. If I had a crystal ball, I didn't think we are going back. It's actually helped me out a lot. You know, I'm uh, not as stressed. I'm just not worried about something that I can't control. The past year and a half has taught us that the only thing you can do is really be adaptable. You know, I have two kids. My oldest child is into swimming. Would do I hope she has a swim season this fall? Absolutely. Am I 100% guaranteed it's going to happen? Absolutely not. If you had asked me that a year ago, it would have really kind of bummed me out. But now it doesn't necessarily so much. Um, you know, I guess it's that I, I had a friend of mine that has experience with AA and they have that AA pledge about not being able to, uh, not worrying about things you can't control and whatever the saying is. What is, what is that saying? Yeah, let me actually pull it's, it up right now. It's great. It's some type of prayer. It's the yeah, serenity prayer the serenity or something like prayer. that. Right? That's, that's what it's called. Was that a Seinfeld episode? I don't know. Serenity now. Oh, man, we're going to be pissing off a lot of people, right? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Sound advice, even if you're not an alcoholic. Right. So, And it's not like you're just going to read it once and then the switch is flipped, but it's something that I read for two weeks, and then it clicked. It just worked. Clearly a big issue here is a feeling of isolation, and I think a lot of that depends on what your frame of reference is. For me, I don't necessarily feel like work relationships are my default social identity. That being said, a lot of people do. A lot of people are conditioned to feel that way. And there was a a London-based HR advisor who polled about 5,000 HR managers Biggest reason to want to return to the office, 70% of people said social or mental health reasons. So clearly Andy's not alone there. And there's some other interesting stats that I think kind of bridge the gap between how John and I feel and Andy, how you feel as well. And this is from PwC. First and foremost, 71% of people do say they like working from home. It's been successful. And then other 23% say it's at least a mixed success. That being said, 
87% of people do say that being in person is important for collaborating and building relationships. Exactly, Andy, what you're saying is missing. Only 45% say companies are making a really solid effort at supporting childcare needs, despite the fact that 81% of executives think they're doing a good job. All in all, a little over half of people don't necessarily want to return full-time to the office, but at least want to be in the office I sound like, I say at least. I was just about to say. Yeah, I, I can't feel my mouth. At least. At least. <laughs> at Jesus. Least. At least 55% of people want to be in the office at least two days a week. No, I mean, I think that's fair. If if I had my perfect scenario, for me, I would bookend work from home. I would do a Monday work from home, a Friday work from home, and then I would go in Tuesday through Thursday. But no, I think I, I agree with you 100%. I'm actually surprised the hybrid model isn't more in favor. Thought it'd be closer to maybe 80-some percent. I think hybrid is going to be the way things have to go. And I was talking, I know, to you as our company's recruiter, but also my boss in terms of our team hiring more people, since not least of which John left. But you have people who are going to want to work from home. You have people like you, Andy, who are going to want to go into the office. You can't really choose one or the other because you're always going to be alienating at least part of the population. So what's the option? Do you, is it companies are going to be offering a desk for anybody who wants it when they want it or work from home when they want it? I would love that level of flexibility. I don't know. I don't know either. So what you're describing, Brian and Andy, if I heard you correctly earlier, a lot of these things are symptoms of kind of a a larger question that I don't think that we're going to answer right here. But maybe after the break, Andy, you can tell us a little bit how you overcame some of these struggles and hurdles that you're dealing with in terms of working from home, being such an extrovert that you are. Sure thing. We're talking a lot about the stats around it and what we all think about work from home. Andy, I know you are pretty much one of the most outgoing people I met in the office when I joined. Tell me a little bit more about how you're overcoming some of this outside of the mantra you created and accepting the things you can't. What are some things practically that you're doing? Well, I took inventory of some things that had happened that were positive when we were at home. Give me the good, the bad, the ugly. Tell me everything. I'm going to give you everything. Well, first, I'll give you the bad. He cried a lot. He cried a lot in just a dark closet. uh, Exactly. When it first happened, I can tell you I was going stir crazy. Then just little things. We opened up our pool. This is last summer. We opened up our pool. So every once in a while, I'd go jump in the pool. I would grill. I grilled a ton. Getting up and walking the dogs. So all of those little things made it a little bit easier. Oh, I have a schedule for when I walk the dog. And and if I get off that schedule, it can ruin my whole day. Yeah, well, I usually walk them in the morning because I have one of my dogs is a golden. And once it gets above 72, she's done. Like I said, just kind of breaking things up, breaking up the monotony has actually helped me out quite a bit. You know, if we're talking about one of your issues being one of isolation, I got to wonder if you're you're hitting things around the periphery, but you're not really driving at the heart of what's bugging you, right? Which is, how do you really improve the, the social sphere element? We visited friends, 
But I mean, I can't say I, I've improved the social sphere element. I've just found things to replace them. There's no improving the social sphere element to me when I can't talk to somebody face to face. I just have to find something to fill that void. Fun fact about Andy is he is a very in shape fellow, goes to the gym. And one thing I would say as a way to really supplement a social sphere and because things are opening back up, just not our offices right now. Andy, your uh, cardio routine is really very solo, right? Yeah, it's uh, wake up first thing in the morning, five to ten minutes, and then hop on the elliptical for about 15. Yeah, I for a time was taking a spin class, and just to reinforce how sad I am, I did it with another co-worker friend. Uh, but you that have being other said, friends. I know you do. You just don't I, talk I about I swear it. I have non-work friends. Yeah, it's just everybody that I talk about on this show is, is all work-related. But Martin and I would do a spin class after work. And Andy, my thinking for you is, look, if you're going to do cardio anyway, join something like a spin class. Spin classes are almost always pretty small. Everybody in them is social, and it's a chance for you to build a bit of a social element to a routine you're already doing when it comes to cardio. Have you thought about doing something like that? Uh, not until you mentioned it, but it's a good idea. I actually kind of, yeah, do the three of us want to join a spin class? I would love to see John on a spin bike. I would like to see you. I would not look pretty, but uh, if if it's all in the, the name of good content, we can do an episode around <laughs> it. <laughs> I like it. It is. So you want to... Um, you want to hear something funny? And I know we're kind of going off on tangents for a little bit. No, we don't but, do humor okay. on this podcast. Well, no humor. It's not funny. Strictly. Absolutely I wouldn't not. say it's... It's a strictly 80s Joel podcast. Nice. Well, I'd, I'd, uh, I wouldn't say funny, just kind of ironic. So the other day, I um, was going to drive to the office to see if somebody was in there. Because the IT guy stops in there every once in a while. So I was going to go in there and grab some stuff, right? That's kind of sad. It's like you're you're like driving by your ex's house to see if they're around. That's a <laughs> little bit that. desperate. Everyone's done that before. Got you driven by your ex's Playing house. Playing like Nazareth. Everybody hurts. Are you are you holding a boombox above your head at when you drive by the office? Yeah, right. Peter Gabriel <laughs> in your eyes, please. No, I'm not. Uh, not John Cusack. So anyway, I was driving to the office. And it was so funny that as I'm driving there, thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this is really antiquated, isn't it? What, the commute was antiquated or the office is antiquated? No, the drive, the commute. I'm like, wow, this feels really antiquated. Such an antiquated concept. Such a novel idea. Right, driving to the office. Well, we we did go back to the office for one day as like a weird trial. And I got to say, the day we went back, first of all, despite the fact that there was maybe a quarter of the amount of people on the turnpike, and this is where we're in the Philly area, people were still driving like which is crazy. Plenty of room on the road. Doesn't matter. You still got to be first. But the second thing, when we went home, it was just a downpour. And I remember running from the building to my car, just getting soaked, and then knowing that the commute was going to take forever because of the rain. And Andy, just like you, I'm thinking, man, am I really doing this right now? Like, is it, am I back to this again? It is a weird feeling. Right. But I actually had fun seeing everybody. I, I thought it was a good time. It's a good day. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good day. I collected all of my belongings from the office, too. It just happened to be uh, a kind of a two birds, one stone <laughs> for me. Such yeah, the right? You had, to clear, you had to clear your stuff. Yeah, look at you. I was, you know what I thought was funny, though? Like, so many people were leaving the office with stuff. Chairs. Oh, I brought my chair home with me. 
Yeah, I was going to say Brian was one of those. I missed my office chair. Recording from it right so now. So what's your what, what's your prediction, Brian? If you had to make one. In terms of going back to the office? Yeah. I don't know. I Honestly, again, I feel like if we open the office in any kind of a mandatory way, you're going to get people revolting. Uh, I personally am going to go along the lines of, okay, officially move me to Chicago where there is no office because, hey, you know, I, I, I again, I like the work from home thing. But I don't know. I, I think jury's still out. It's anybody's guess. To your point, hope for the best, but prepare for staying at uh, staying at home, whether you like it or you don't. This is kind of where we are. I'm going to call it right there and say, hopefully, anybody who's in Andy's camp and thinks, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the work from home environment, maybe got a little bit of advice on how they can manage it or at least can have a little uh, misery loving company with Andy. Let's not do the misery loves company. If anybody's going to comment, let's give some suggestions because I know it's not just me. Andy, good to have you on. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. I'd like to do it again sometime. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. If, if you enjoyed, leave us a comment. Otherwise, no comments, no replies, nothing means Andy's never coming back. No, I'm kidding. Never again. <laughs> well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy right there, right? Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time. Daisy!